Hey everybody, it's Greg Griffin here with the Dream Sports Podcast, where it's more than just playing the game. On this podcast, I sit down with individuals who are making a living in the world of sports. And no, I'm not talking about the star athlete. I'm talking about the non-athlete. On each episode, I'll sit down with a special guest to learn about their journey, their struggles, and their day-to-day operation and what they do. And also, maybe even learn a few things or two. So sit back, relax, and join in the fun on the Dream Sports Podcast, where it's more than just playing a game. So, Mr. Greenberg, can I say that right? Uh, the, John, John, okay, okay. The, the the president of the Milwaukee um, Admirals. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks doing good? for coming over. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, and I, like we was talking before we went um, on air, just like how does one become like a president, you know, of any you know sports organization? So, in in other words, like how did you get started into the world of sports, basically? Sure. Well, this is my thirty uh, fourth year already. Okay. So, uh, all of them spent here in Milwaukee. Okay. And. I started as low as you could start on the old totem pole. I was with the Brewers, and I started as a bat boy. Okay. So I was uh, 16 years old. And, nice. Uh, you know, shining uh, player spikes and cleaning up their bats and hanging uh-huh. up their laundry and everything else. So <laughs> They don't do that, do they? No, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I did, uh, I did that for three years, and okay. uh, uh, I was very fortunate to have that opportunity. It was a great experience sure. for me, and then... Uh, my dad and I went to spring training okay. uh, just as a vacation, um, and I stuck my head in the Brewers PR department and mm. visited with those guys, and they remembered me from my bat boy days, and okay. uh, I asked them if they needed any help, mm. and they said, yeah, as a matter of fact, they could use an intern, and mm. so uh, I jumped in. I was at UWM at the time, okay. and uh, talked to my advisor, and he said, absolutely, you should do that, and mm-hmm. we'll give you credit for doing it. And, okay. Uh, so, you know... Back then, it was back in 1987, and uh, uh, internships were not as prevalent as they sure, are okay. now. Yeah, you know, yeah. d- nobody really talked about okay. you have to have internships. Okay. And, you know, Unlike today, you, you, uh, you, you have, have to have, have internships it. Okay, yeah. now. <clears throat> and uh, so no one else applied for the internship at the Brewers while I was there, so I stayed on for uh, six straight semesters. Really? That's rare, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, if, I always tell people my career would have been different if one other person had applied. Apply. Okay. <laughs> Thank God for that, right? <laughs> so I got very lucky, but that was back in the late 80s, and nowadays that would never happen. Sure. Uh, I always tell the story about the last person I hired at the Brewers before I left there to come here, mm-hmm. uh, there were a thousand resumes for that job. It was an assistant director's position. Okay. Um, it was crazy. Just, they just kept coming and coming and coming, yeah. and the pile just kept getting bigger okay. and bigger and bigger. So the competition for jobs in sports now is so much more that, intense. Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, too, that the, uh, there are so many more jobs in sports Yeah, now I was going to say that, yeah. ...than there were back then. Uh. I mean, there's one, there's more professional sports than there mm-hmm. were then. Two, there's more avenues that work with sports that aren't necessarily working specifically with a team. Yeah, and people may not know that, so yeah. that's kind of why this podcast, you know, is where it is, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. so whether you, you could go work at an agency mm-hmm. to work with athletes, you could work for a league, you could work for, you know, in the athletic department at a university, mm-hmm. high school, there are a lot of different types of jobs that are out there. I was fortunate to have, you know, my internships with the Brewers. Okay. Uh, when I was at UWM, I also, you know, my degree is in mass communication. Mm-hmm. And when I first started, I wanted to be a radio announcer. Okay. Um, 
I thought I'd be Bob Uecker's partner someday. There you go. That's a good. Uh, that's a good dream, right? You know, Bob Uecker, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Uke. And then it, that, you know, I did a job shadow for uh, a day okay. back while I was in school, and I realized that wasn't the direction I really wanted to go in, and so mm-hmm. I switched over to journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one day, uh, I sat down in a sports writing class. It was the first time they had ever offered sports okay. writing as a class. So I said, oh, this is something Why not? Try it, right, yeah. So the first assignment we had was on day one, within the first 10 minutes, you had to interview the person who was sitting next to you and then do a biographical sketch of that person and introduce them to the class. Sure, okay. Well, I didn't know the person sitting next to me. It ended up being uh, Drew Olson. Uh, really? Yeah, okay. So Drew and I... Uh, from that have become lifelong friends. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, and he, uh, uh, after that class was over, he had been working at the newspaper. Okay. And uh, back when we used to have two papers, he was at the journal. <laughs> okay. And he said, hey, you have any interest in working at the newspaper? And I said, yeah, I might. And he said, hold on a minute. And he went out the hall and made a call on a payphone. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a payphone. <laughs> what? I never haven't seen those in years. Right. <laughs> uh, so he came back and said, hey, you want to come in for an interview? And I, I said, well, when? And he goes, like, right after class. And I didn't have Just a, like that. Just like that. No resume, wearing jeans and a sweatshirt. Uh, he goes, trust me, it'll be all right. So I walked in, the sports editor, his name was Terry Galvin. Okay. Uh, I was sitting behind the desk and... Uh, he asked me three questions in my interview. And the first Just three. Three questions. Can you spell Okanabawak? Which I did. Okay. And, uh, uh, can you type? And I lied and I said yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, he asked me if I could take a drug test and if I would pass. Yeah. And I said yes to That's all of that. Okay. So he literally sent me down the hall to take the drug test. Right after that, then he hired me right there. Really? And so. That, that's amazing. Yeah. And so I. Uh, Spent some time at the newspaper, and uh, one day I got asked to come in. Uh, I, I came into the office, and I don't know if it was because I was the first person they saw or mm-hmm. what the deal was, but they said, we need you to go cover the Wave soccer game. Okay. And I said, uh, uh, okay. And they said, yeah, the guy who was supposed to cover it is sick, so you need to go cover the game. And I said, okay, I don't know anything it's about bus, soccer. Yeah. I really, I mean, my knowledge of soccer is kick the ball in the net. And, that and that's it, it, right, and run fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I... Uh, uh, I said, okay. They said, don't worry, their PR guy will be over there, and he'll take good care of you. And mm-hmm. His name is Peter Wilt, and I still okay. stay in contact with Peter to this day. But uh, Peter met me at the uh, pass gate. It was actually in this arena yeah, yeah. and uh, sat with me throughout the game and kind of told me what was going on. And then after the game, took me to the right players to talk to. Okay. And I asked my own questions sure. and wrote my story. I ended up on the front page of the sports section. And okay. It was a big day for the Wave. They had sold out a game for the first time ever. Okay. And so that's a good story to cover. Right? Yeah. And so uh, it was at that point I realized, you know what, I really like what Peter does. You mm. know, kind of that advocating, that PR side. Sure. You know your product and now you want to sell other people uh, yeah. on why they should come and, come and watch. You. Yeah. And so at that point I kind of got off the journalism track and moved over to the PR track. So when I went to college, I'd switch gears a couple of times. But in, like, in the midst of switching gears, you were able to experience everything while you were on this journey, right? Yes. So instead of saying, okay, this is just what I want to do and not being open to maybe learning another avenue because without that, you probably would, like you said, you'd probably be somewhere else. Yeah, no question. <laughs> and also, you know, it's one of the questions interns that we've had, whether I was in, with the Brewers or if I was here, mm-hmm. came and uh, they would come to me and say, okay, my internship is coming to an end. What should I do now? And I would always tell them, 
go work in the minor leagues yeah. or go back to your athletic department and ask to volunteer in every area that you can. Yeah. Because a lot of times when you work in the major leagues, you get pigeonholed into one area. Mm-hmm. If you're a PR intern, you do PR. Yeah. If you're a ticket sales intern, you do ticket sales. Yeah. You don't get to experience the rest of the things because there's a lot of people working yeah, yeah. there. And, and, and that job, that role is demanding. Yeah, Exactly. So uh, that's why when the opportunity came to come here mm-hmm. in 2005, uh, in fact, the anniversary of that is coming up on the 14th, so okay. it's going to be 13 years, yep. <laughs> uh, it was exciting to me because uh, I had spent 22 years with the Brewers from my time as a bat boy although okay. until the time I left as the director of media relations. And, okay. Uh, I had a lot of really fun ideas of things I'd love to have tried to do mm-hmm. while you're there, but you know, you get into the major league template and... Yeah. This is what we do. It's kind of cookie cutter, right? A little yeah, bit, a yeah, little yeah. bit. Um, there's a little bit of room for wiggling around, but mm-hmm. not a whole lot. But when you come here and you work in the minor leagues, every idea is, a, is out there. I okay. Mean, you, you throw every crazy idea, every fun thing that you can think of, and uh, that was really exciting to Okay. Me. And so that's when Harris Turner, our owner, called mm-hmm. me. Uh, I was in spring training back in 2005, hanging out in my apartment and just, you know, Relaxing at the end of a long day in yeah, spring yeah. training, uh, he called and asked me if I would come here. And mm-hmm. he was going to buy the team, and he was looking for a president. And the first thing I thought was, oh, I have all kinds of people I could recommend for you for this. Sure, right, right. But yeah. talk about me. Yeah, right? said, no, <laughs> no, I want you to come. I said, well, okay. I, uh, <clears throat> uh, I was flattered and sure. uh, kind of dumbfounded by the whole thing. I always joke that I, you know, I'm not even the president of my own house. You know, <laughs> the president of the company. Right. <laughs> it makes but, sense. Yeah, but he uh, you know, he wanted somebody with some PR and marketing background and uh, to kind of run what was going on here. Mm-hmm. The rest of it I would learn. Okay. You know, I came here and I learned a lot of the administrative stuff. I mean, I ran a department when I was mm-hmm. at the Brewers, but I didn't run an entire company. But then you get... Not to cut in, but it, he allowed you that opportunity, you know, because he wanted you, right? Mm-hmm. So, and you, and you were thinking, well, maybe I don't have that experience in terms of how to run an organization. But, like you said, maybe being in the minor league, that, that real room that gives you the freedom, the autonomy to grow and learn as you go, right? Yeah, absolutely. And when we came here, we only had, uh, there were only four people, full-time people still here when we came here. Okay. So, we were able to build our own staff add people, find the right pieces, mm-hmm. create the culture that we okay. wanted to create, which is one of uh, begging for creativity. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, I, I came a little bit from the, the Selig uh, mm. background, uh-huh. sure. yeah, which yeah. was uh, you treat your people like family. Yeah. And, I, you know, this is, we're all working together mm-hmm. here. And, you know, I always tell people, you work in sports, you spend a lot more time with the people you work with than you do with your own family. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a real challenge. And so many people want to get in, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was something we tried to build here. And uh, really proud that of the people that we hired back in 2005, uh, all of them except for one are still here. Yeah. And, and maybe not in, like, still, like still here, but they, they've grown with with you right so that that's very impressive that speaks volumes to the culture that you've created here so it's been a great run uh you know 13 years already after Uh 22 years with the brewers and it just seems like it kind of just keeps going at 100 miles an hour so going from the brewers you know to the admirals what would you think maybe the biggest adjustment right in terms of um like you said you know what to expect with the brewers but then you come in here and everything is new so yeah i had to learn a lot about uh 
hockey. I mean, I, I watched hockey on okay. TV and stuff like that, but I, you know, if you asked me about what was going on in specific. It's kind of, of game, take you back to that that first admiral. I mean, right. first wave game, right? right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but I had a great resource in Phil Whitliff, who okay, yeah. whose name is retired up yeah. in the rafters yeah. here, and uh, he spent a lot of time with me uh, those first six or seven months, just kind of teaching me things that I needed to pay attention to. Okay. Uh, he was an unbelievable resource for me. Uh, and then, you know, I had to learn by a little bit of a trial and error at times. Sure. Uh, yeah. Don't be, you know, I, I was told right away, don't be afraid to make a mistake. Okay. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. I've heard that a lot, yeah. you know, in, in this in the industry of sports. You know? And uh, we want the great, the craziest, goofiest, funnest ideas. And uh, don't assume any idea is like, no, we can't do that. Just sure. throw it on the board. Okay. Throw it on the board. And maybe someday it turns into, well, that's kind of crazy, but, oh, we could take this, but we could do this with it. Okay. Do you have an example of that? For, for uh, those who may not. Yeah, one of the things we did when we first came here was uh, I bought everybody on the staff a book called Fun is Good. Fun is Good, okay. Uh, yeah, it's written by Mike Vec. Okay. And Mike's uh, father was Bill Vec, the legendary sports uh, promoter mm-hmm. uh, owned minor league baseball team, major league baseball team, okay. all kinds of stuff. He was the guy who, uh, back in the 40s, uh, brought a, uh, a guy named Eddie Goodell up okay. to bat. And Eddie, Eddie was, all, he was a little guy. His, they gave him a uniform number of one-eighth. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, was, you know, it was a complete stunt. Uh, yeah. to bring, he actually played in a major league game. You can find pictures of him online batting in a major league game. Okay. He's, he's just little. Okay. And, Make sure uh, people do their do they Googles on yeah, that one, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, he was also the guy who, who owned the White Sox back in the 70s okay. and uh, had Disco Demolition Night. Right. Uh, he decided Disco was dead and told uh, he got with a radio station and they said, bring your disco albums and we'll destroy them and everything else. And so they did it in between games of a doubleheader uh, okay. uh, at Comiskey Park while they took them all out of the center field and lit them on fire. I think I remember seeing pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. And so it started just an enormous fire in the yeah, sure, sure. between games of a doubleheader. Yeah. Which, uh, was, That's a little risky, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, famous, uh, famous thing. Well, Mike is his son, and he's kind of carried on with a lot of those things. He owns minor league baseball teams mm-hmm. uh, down in Florida and those St. Paul Saints up in Minneapolis, and uh, he has got a lot of crazy ideas, and he wrote a book about all these things when you're trying to build a culture that you should try to do, and some of the crazy ideas he wanted to always try to do uh-huh. could never quite get done, and uh, one of them was to, uh, he goes, I've always wanted to give away jock straps at a game because... Give them to fans because everybody's an athletic supporter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, right? Yeah. So, but I could never find a partner who would do it. Okay. And so he said, somebody's going to do this someday, and it's going to be great. And so the first thing was like, oh, we are doing that. Okay. And so you know, we went out to sponsors, prospective sponsors, and we pitched the idea for like a whole summer. Okay. And we'd go to meeting after meeting after meeting, and we'd get, you know, hysterical laughter on the other side sure. of the table and everything else. Not really taking it serious, probably, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they'd be like, yeah, that's great. He's like, we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. And like, you know, we eventually, we thought we had it when we had a locked-in one when we, we were talking to Fisher Nuts. Okay. And we thought we had them. Uh-huh. And they were like this close, and then they got scared off. And backed and up, okay. It. So we ended up going to uh, Hockey Haven, which is a local... Uh, company here in town that okay. sells hockey gear and they were all over it sure. and so we did it and okay. we gave them away and 
it got great attention, and uh, uh, I'll never forget people were walking around with them on their heads. Yeah, yeah. And they put them on their <laughs> pants and the yeah. whole thing. And I was like, Mike, we got a note from Mike Vex saying, I knew somebody yeah, was going to do that, and it was you know, gave us a lot of kudos okay. for, for pulling off. But it was like we took a chance. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's things you take a chance with to get attention when you work at this level. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a minor league team in a major league market. Okay. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. you know, you know, because a lot of times, not not just the, the the sport hockey itself, but being in what I would call like the sports heaven, so to speak, with so many sport teams, sports organizations in Wisconsin, right? Not too many markets, you know, have that. Uh, and but then you guys have been, you know, doing well, been in a, a larger sports market. So how how have you, you know, done that, you know, pretty much? Yeah, we. Uh one of the first things we said when we came in internally was uh, we're not going to try and be what we're not. Okay, you know, that makes we sense. We are what we are, and mm-hmm. we should try to be the best that the Admirals can be. We mm-hmm. are a minor league hockey team mm-hmm. uh, playing in what we consider to be the second best hockey league in the world. Mm-hmm. Our players are going from here to the NHL. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, we have absolutely zero control over any of the hockey. Yeah. Because all of our players are provided to us by Nashville. They sign all the players, coaches, uh, everything else. Okay. And they, just, they send them here to, to play and develop their skills. So that's how that works. Right. Okay. So they draft them. They draft them, sign send, them, okay. send them here. We give them a place to play. Okay. We try to give them the best possible thing. You know, we, we consider Milwaukee to be an unbelievable market for a league, a team in our league. Sure. Because of all the things that we can offer to players when they live here. Yeah. And, it's a lot. Um, so our job here is to entertain around the game. Mm. So, you know, some night we may lose 4-1 to one and not play very well. And, um, but we control everything that happens to you when you, from the time you walk through the door until the time that mm-hmm. you leave. Whether sure. it's... Uh, uh, during an intermission, during mm-hmm. a TV timeout, the music that we're playing, the videos we're showing. Okay. Yeah, you know, we we hope the games are good. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you're paying your fifteen or twenty or twenty five dollars to come to the game. We want you to feel even if the game didn't go very well, that you it's still got your money's worth. Yeah. And uh, here, people are looking for more of an entertainment experience when they come to our games, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to when you go to a Brewer game or a Bucks game. You know, you want to go watch them win. Yeah, yeah. Our fans. Our season ticket holders, our diehard season ticket holders, want us to win. Sure. Eternally, we want. Yeah, to yeah, win. yeah. Absolutely, that's um, just the nature of the sport, right? <laughs> but um, our league created an award uh, about ten years ago for the best fan experience in the league, and we were the first ones to win. Yeah, yeah. We said internally that was tossed like winning the championship. Yeah, that should be the goal, you know, year in and year yeah. out. And so we, you know, that was like. We could not have been more proud of the fact that we did that because it was a complete validation of mm-hmm. what our mission is here. Right. So uh, that is kind of the you know the goal here of being the Admirals in Milwaukee mm-hmm. is to give you an entertainment experience that makes you want to come back time and time again. Yeah. And that, that's, that's pretty important because then that helps foster relationships with the other sports teams, correct? Sure. Um, sure. Um, and I know... Um, you guys have a, a working relationship with the Brewers, am I correct? Right? Yeah. Um, and how did that come about? Because a lot of times, like you said, we may go to a, a Brewers game, um, but we see, you know, Atmos stuff, you know, throughout the the ballpark, and then and vice versa. You come here, um, and to the average fan, they may not even pay attention to it. But those who, you know, are kind of in on on sports, 
um, they may catch you know pick up on that and be like, well, how does that even baseball and hockey? How does that go together? You know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, obviously, I came from the Brewers. Harris Turr is the second largest investor in the Brewers, and he's mm-hmm. our owner. So we've had Mark Adnacio is one yeah. of our minority owners. Yeah. Um, ben Sheets. Uh, I remember the picture. Yeah, he was yeah. one of our owners okay. early on. Uh, Gord Ash, who was the assistant general manager, was one of our owners early okay. on. So there was a lot of ties to that, which uh, came from Harris you know, okay. saying, hey, you guys want in on this? You know, we could have some fun with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, uh, very early on, knew that we had some ties there mm-hmm. with them and wanted to work together. Uh, and they wanted to have the ability to stay out there in the wintertime uh, yeah, sure. by having that presence, you know, whether it's our jersey patch, mm-hmm. the ticket program that we do with them, uh, the giveaways that they do at our games, okay. which are extremely popular. Okay. And it's a really good partnership for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we called Rick Schlesinger over at the Brewers right away yeah. and say, is this something you guys would be interested in? And he jumped right on yeah. with that. And it's been something we've been doing now for the last uh, uh, 13 seasons mm-hmm. yeah. and will continue hopefully for many more. He's, you know, the Brewers, they get it. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. really good at what they do over there. Yeah. Uh, and we are happy to be partners with them. And they have been really good to us in terms of if we have ideas and mm-hmm. of things we'd like to do about giving us some opportunities that maybe we wouldn't get with other teams. In the sure. State. And speaking of opportunities, um, what opportunities or what advice would you give um, younger individuals who's you know uh, maybe still in in college or um, in high school or whatnot sure. um, that that want to you know dive into the world of sports? What what type of advice would you give an individual in this day and age? You know thinking of um, how competitive it, it, it really is. Sure. Well, I will tell you that when I was in college, uh, two of the most important classes I took had absolutely nothing to do with uh, working in sports. Okay. One was I took a grammar class. Mm-hmm. Two, I took a public speaking class. Okay. I had the ability to communicate with people, and that, I always tell high school and college kids now, is a skill that is going away, and it's very bad. Sure, uh, yeah, yeah. We need people to be able to communicate with each other. I always say you know, to young people, it's like, if I can't sit across a desk from you uh, and have a conversation with you, yeah, yeah. we're going to have a hard time doing business together. Yeah, right? yeah. And when you go and sit in front of me when it's time to be interviewed for a job, if I can't have a conversation yeah. with you or you can't put coherent thoughts because you're so used to it's, 140 yeah. Technology kind of yeah, hurt that, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. And people seem to re- hear that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, we're in a very different world now than we were 15 or 20 years yeah. ago. And uh, we need to be able to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And so those classes to me were like hugely important because... Um, I got to college and it's like, gosh, I've been doing a lot of writing over the years. Yeah. And my grammar, I'm sure, is it could use a refresher. Yeah, yeah. Or you're spending uh, all this time tweeting and not using capitalization. To, yeah. <laughs> <or> <laughs> and, and, and trying to say something in 140 right, characters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that you need to have the ability to, to do these things. Yeah. So those classes to me were like incredibly important to me. Um, having the ability to walk in somewhere and ask, how can I help? Mm. Whether you walk into the athletic department at Marquette or Mm -hmm. UM or um, your high school and just say, hey, 
I'd like to learn how to do some of these things. Uh, how can I be helpful? Uh, um, they'll find stuff for you to sure, do. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know? uh, the other thing I always stress to people is when you are ready to start going out and you have a resume that you are mm-hmm. going to get out to people, make sure that someone else has read it. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I always tell the story about the thousand resumes for that position I hired and how easy it was to disqualify people. Yeah. And uh, you know, whether it's somebody writes to whom it may concern on a, on a resume, which is a non-starter for me, yeah. or uh, not knowing anything about what we do sure. and just blanket sending out resumes. That's not going to do uh, me any good either. you got to do your homework, people. you got to do, <laughs> do your homework. And have people read your stuff. Yeah. You know, I always tell people, you're too close to your own material. Yeah. You're too close to your resume. Mm-hmm. Give it to somebody who doesn't know you very well because they may ask you some questions about things that maybe you'd like, oh, I, you're right about that. I can tune this up a yeah. little bit. Or, uh, you know, find business. You know, Everybody knows somebody who works in business. Mm-hmm. Have them take a look at your stuff. You know, when I uh, get resumes that are really well done, yeah, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, you know, it's very easy for me to forget your resume. Sure. If you make me remember it, yeah, then you got a shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's all we, you know, that's all the individual is looking for. Yeah. But they have to do the the work to make sure that they, Absolutely. you know, earn earn a shot. And but before we close here. Um, Earlier, you were talking about the the relationships that you you know you had uh, with individuals on your journey. Um, briefly, want to talk about like networking and how important it is um, in, in this industry and just in in life in, in general. Sure, uh, networking to me is the basis of just about everything we do here because mm-hmm. we don't you know every day we see see the ticket holders, we see corporate sponsors, yeah. we see the media. We see our players. We see our, our the people we deal with in Nashville mm-hmm. or other teams. All these relationships that you build help you to uh, be successful down the road. Uh, you never know when, who, yeah. when or who you're talking to who may be helpful to you someplace down the road. Yeah. Uh, I do a career day thing at Market High School every year. That's where I went to high, to high school. And okay. I always say, hey, look at that guy that's sitting next to you. You may need him someday. Yeah. He, you guys maybe do do business together someday. And all of a sudden, they start looking at each other like, I never really thought of it that way. Sure. Uh, when I was an uh, intern with the Brewers early on in my full-time career there, media would come in from all over the country, mm-hmm. or PR people would be coming in with all the different teams. I made a point to- of going and trying, at least introducing myself, or seeing if they needed any help, or sure. anything like that. And you just start to build those relationships. So you can't be bashful. Yeah. Uh, don't be overbearing. Yeah, and, and be, be prepared be, to hear no too, right? Yes, Sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. be prepared to hear no because yeah. it's going to happen more than yes. Yeah. Um, so we tell our sales guys all the time, <laughs> you know, and our sales is like, yeah, we should know that if you make a hundred calls, if you get five of them to buy something from you, you've had it's a really a good, good, good day. day. Yeah. And uh, if you're a major league baseball hitter, if you get three <laughs> right. hits out of ten tries, you're an all star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even a hall of fame, right? right? Exactly. So. Uh, how to deal with no? Yeah, that's a that is a challenging thing for some people, and you, you don't want to uh, accept no. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to learn how to de- how to make no uh, turn into yes, turn it, yeah, or make no. Uh, 
you know, make that person who's telling you no you have second thoughts. Like, no, this time. Right. <laughs> I can't do it now. Yeah. As opposed to just no, and you give up. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. That's that's very important. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I was going to say, Mr. Greenberg, but you said <laughs> John, John. Yes. You know. <laughs> um, again, I want to thank you for allowing me to you know come and sit down with you um, and, and hear your journey to how you you know you worked your way through from um, a bat boy, you know, now to the president of, of the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, and then, like we said before, again, we went live. Uh, I remember you coming to Kern Stretch during my. Um, grad school program over at uh, for sports management mm -hmm. and yep. being one of the panelists for our um, project so and again I think I kind of came up and just said you know hey whatever um, and I always follow you know what you guys are, sure. are doing so appreciate keep it. up the good work here and, and appreciate it uh, you guys been tuning in to the dream sports podcast where it's been more than just playing a game thanks again thank uh, you uh -huh. Hey, thanks for listening to the Dream Sports Podcast, where it's more than just playing a game. So what do you think? Please go subscribe at iTunes and or SoundCloud. And there you can write a review, rate the show, and let me know your thoughts. Thanks again.